Hi friends, it's Kayla Moran and welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. How is everybody doing today? Happy Thursday, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever day or time it is that you're listening. So happy to be back on the mic with you guys. It's been a minute. Sorry I missed last week. I was feeling a little bit under the weather thanks to the blizzard going on everywhere else in the country and in Miami. We got uncharacteristically cold weather and a lot of cold, like cold fronts and temperature changes and I got caught in the rain one day and just... My body said it's time to take a chill pill. Do you know, like we've talked about this, like when you don't know what to do the first week of the year and you kind of take it easy, but then you dive right in and you save everything for the following week and then you go crazy and you burn out. Yeah, that's exactly what happened combined with the weather. So I have been working on easing in a little bit more this week and so far so good. I'm feeling much more myself. I did a couple of workouts earlier in the week and I might do Pilates one more day this week. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I finally am leaving the house tomorrow again after a few days of not really doing anything. And then I went to yoga Monday and Tuesday, but that was it. And it felt so good to just get some fresh air and like be outside. And the weather is finally warming up and there's sunshine again. So things are looking good. Let's do a quick second suite of the week, and then we'll dive right in. I don't have a whole lot to catch you guys up on, but I do have a solo pod coming out in the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned for that, and we'll chat more there. So my suck of the week this week is that I was sick, but honestly, it was exactly what I needed, so it was also my suite of the week, just taking that time to sit and reflect I took the opportunity to read my journal. I started journaling in like mid-June, so about six and a half months ago, and I took the time to actually read through my journal and my thoughts, and I have come such a long way. Like I always say, 2023 was the year of transformation. I really came into my own. I became the woman I am now. I have been learning to trust myself and love myself. And that's a work in progress. We're all always a work in progress, you know? I turned 25 and I feel like I, things finally started to click a little bit more. And like, I liked who I was. I liked who I saw in the mirror. And I'm really grateful that I had the opportunity to go back and look at my words and thoughts from the last six months and really get to see that growth on paper and see how far I've come remember what it felt like in certain moments, like things that were happening because I got details about them sometimes. And I'm just really glad I finally started journaling. I remember growing up, I used to be like, nah, journaling doesn't work for me. I need to vent. I need to talk it out. And that's still true. I get the best like relief, I think, when I talk things out and I process them verbally. But I've also learned this week that I think it's better for me to get them out on paper initially and then be able to talk out loud because sometimes the raw thoughts and feelings are a little too much for other people to handle if they're not in the right headspace to receive them and be open to hearing other people's inner workings and emotions and feelings. Like Not everyone is as equipped to handle emotions as I am. Um, I'm not sometimes, even myself. So I think having that journaling practice has been really, really good for me. And I notice now the difference on the days that I don't do it. Um, versus the days that I do. So I always try to start my morning with my legs up on the wall. I turn on my little like need money for travel sign, have the rest of the room dark, put my legs up on the wall. And for like 15 minutes, I read my simple abundance. I'll link it below the passage of the day and then I'll get up and journal. And then at that point, I get up, go to the bathroom, drink my vitamins, water, all of that. And as I'm making my coffee, I will make breakfast and then I will sit outside and eat my breakfast and drink my coffee in the sunshine and feel the sun on my face, the warmth, the air, like fresh air, get my feet on the ground. I try to walk around barefoot outside a little bit. And after doing that, I'm ready to shower and start my day. Yeah, so that was like my suck and sweet of the week was just having that time to sit back and reflect and also acknowledge how much yoga has truly changed my life. Like I feel it so much when I don't do it. My body feels it. Like I'm pretty sore this morning from doing it yesterday because it was a tough class, but I like this soreness and I like seeing and feeling how much stronger I'm getting. Um, I'm really proud of that. So yeah, I don't know, just today feeling really good. I 
did my routine. I've been really productive today. I have some more work to do after this, but just wanted to come on here and chat with you guys a little bit and introduce you to this week's guest, my friend Taylor. So she is, I think, 25. Yeah, I think she's 25. And she has had a media agency and a talent agency for six years now, which is insane to the math. She started this really young, but it's incredible hearing her story. She tells us all about how she got into this industry, working with influencers and content creators and celebrities and people in the hospitality industry. So restaurants, nightclubs, liquor brands, how she got involved in all of this and how she built the business that she has and the life that she's created for herself. And we got dinner after we recorded a couple days later and we had so much fun just catching up at dinner and having so, like such a good time. Anytime I go to one of her events or her supper clubs, I have so much fun. She does a really good job of bringing people together. She's a connector just like me and always have such a great time learning from her, being with her, getting to know her friends. And, you know, it's so cool being surrounded by people who just get it. And especially like your age that are just inspiring and inspired and have so much to offer the world and are so willing to go above and beyond for the people that they care about and for their own businesses. Like that's such an inspiration to me. That's how I want to live my life too. So it was so refreshing to talk to Taylor and get to know more about her story because it's incredible what she's built and I can't wait to celebrate six years of her business coming up soon and go to all of her amazing events. Miami in the spring is always event like whirlwind. There's always so much going on in the Miami Open, the Miami Grand Prix, Sobe Food and Wine, so many events always. And then of course, swim week in the summer and, and then obviously our basil in the winter, but the spring is like the best time of year here in Miami. So the weather's amazing. There's always something happening and Taylor is definitely always a part of it. So had so much fun chatting with her. I hope you like this episode. If you do, please leave a rating and review. Please subscribe to the show, share with a friend, tag us as you're listening. Let me know who you want to see next, what topics you want me to cover next. And I hope you guys enjoy and I will see you all next week. Meet Taylor. So Taylor, what's something that people wouldn't know about you just from following you? Okay, that's a good question. Um, I would say like probably like the best answer to that is like everything that goes on behind the scenes. Like I just feel like Instagram is such a highlight reel and I'm like so guilty of it where I like post like all the best stuff. So it's always interesting to me like when I talk to people who like follow me and I'll tell them like about like what happened in my day after they've like watched my Instagram stories and they're like, wait, really? Like I'd have no idea. And I'm like, yeah, like, my car broke down and like the event like the whole thing was going sideways and then we ran out of this and I had to run to the store and like they're like I was there and I watched your stories and I had no idea so I think like everybody's guilty of that though like that's why everyone always says like don't compare yourself to social media and I feel like it's like so true because everyone just like truly posts like I would say 99% people post like the best parts of their day like they don't post like all like the crap that happens behind the scenes Yeah, for sure. And even people who do post like more behind the scenes or like the real stuff, it's still curated. Like you're not seeing- Of course. Like the real shit sometimes. Because in reality, no one wants to see that. Like we want to know that it happened. And you logically know that it happens, but that's, we already have it going on in our lives. Like we don't want to watch that too. We want the pretty stuff. Exactly. Yeah, it's so funny. I like posted, it was like a few months back, I got into like a terrible car accident in the morning. And then I literally like was like in the like, um, urgent like care center. And like, I had like all this stuff going on. And then like later that night, I like was like, I just need to go to the breakers and have a staycation and posted it. But I didn't post like the car accident. or anything. everyone's like, Oh my gosh, you're having the most perfect weekend. I was like two martinis deep, like dealing with like the car insurance on the phone. I was like, no, this literally sucks. Yeah, <laughs> and but I was like, that's perfect of social media. <laughs> oh, per- yeah, perfect. Also, I really like I saw that weekend. I didn't think anything of it because like you do stuff like that all the time. And I was like, damn, I want to go to the breakers. Like I've never really been to Palm Beach. So I'm like dying to go and like have like a breakers weekend and like the colony. Yeah walk around and bike ride and like all the window shopping it is very nice (laughs) but no I do remember seeing that but I think it makes it more enjoyable that way like that's why people don't share it but I'm glad you started with that of like that not everyone sees the behind the scenes because we were just talking about this offline but 
you know, you work in events and you work and you put on these really beautiful events and you're always out and you know a lot of people and it always just looks like you're doing something and you're somewhere and you're with someone and it's really cool and it's fun, but no one sees the work that it takes to put on those events. And I was just telling you this, like, I remember one time you're at an event and we were talking and you're, someone came up to you and asked you a question, like, sorry, Kayla, like, I need to go. I'm like, go, like, it's okay. Like, go do whatever you need to do. No one talks about that stuff, but how did you even yeah. get into events? Like, where did this, cause you started sheer media and sheer talent really young. What came first and how did you like start this? Yeah. So I'm actually coming up on six years in a couple of months since I started sheer media. Yeah. So that's exciting. And then sheer talent, I started three years ago during COVID. Obviously things like started to shut down and everyone was pivoting and it was already like kind of in the back of my mind, but COVID kickstarted it. But um, the short version was I was working for like a company um, when I was super young that was basically like bridging the gap between like restaurants influencers or I should say bloggers at the time like influencer wasn't even really a word which is kind of crazy when I think back now everyone's an influencer (laughs) but um they were kind of bridging all those things together for an application and I started running the events for them like just little dinners so we would like I would travel I'd go to like Chicago and um Wisconsin, New York, all these places and host these little like influencer dinners. And it was something like I really enjoyed. And I thought was like such a cool way to to connect with people that like, was so new at the time. Like, again, like, most people at the time would never consider like, Oh, I'm gonna meet people from like, Instagram and have dinner with them. Like this was seven, eight years ago. Every time and so that I met, like, some people were like, how do you two know each other? We're like, Instagram, we like look at each other. Yeah. Uh, Instagram and they're like really and I'm like yeah like it's like so weird to say but it's that's how you and I met yeah literally how people meet yeah it's crazy yeah it's so crazy and so it was like such a like fascinating concept to me that I'm like I can like roll up to this city that I've never been to in my entire life like put together this dinner with people that I just reach out to off of Instagram like the restaurant you're benefiting from the people benefiting from I'm benefiting from and then all of these things are able to like come together. I'm able to actually make connections with people that like I still talk to and like consider friends today and still work with. So I thought that was such like, especially since I'm social too and I enjoy it, it was such like a cool way to bridge something I actually enjoy and work. So I kind of like kickstarted it. And then, you know, now it's like evolved, obviously, where like sometimes I do some of the bigger events, but I, I actually still prefer the smaller dinners. Those are like my my favorite yeah I would love to do one of your smaller dinners and you always do like some really cool stuff like just like the people you know sometimes I see like what you're doing and I'm just like how does this girl like know these people and I've gotten work from going to events of yours and connecting with people I've gotten opportunities Mm -hmm. and it's just you do I don't even think you realize you I know you know you do it but I don't think you even realize like just how many connections are happening behind the scenes and that's what is so fun and then like to watch like to be in your like circle is just it's it's really cool but how did you kind of know you were a connector like did someone tell you that or did you just like notice it and how did you harness that because that's something that's really tough yeah it was so interesting it was funny because I was talking about this the other day like what I was talking to you offline like New Year's Eve I went to um one of like my best friend's house and they were doing like a dinner party with their family so it was like their aunts their uncles and like I go to all of their family stuff now like I go to all their holidays and everything and it was so funny because like one of the aunts and uncles like I hadn't met before and they're like how do you guys know each other I was like well actually funny story like six years ago before I was hosting like my second event ever I met him on a Facebook group for influencers and now he's like one of my best friends and I was like they're like no way like that's so bizarre and I was like if I actually think about it yeah it's very bizarre but it feels like so normal now but growing up like like when I was like for example like a teenager I was super introverted like extremely introverted I'm an introvert <laughs> at all yeah I was just like I don't know like I was like I had like my couple of people I was friends with like and then I started like blogging myself from things I found interesting and then like I think I just like was fascinated like over time about like 
how business works and like connecting people works like and like just I would like meet one person who would introduce me to another person and then like six months later that would lead to like the coolest opportunity and like I was like starting to connect all the dots of like things that I had as like these are bucket list things for my life that were like actually happening which was such a blessing and then I was like trying to backtrack like how those things happen I was like okay well if I didn't meet this person who knew that person who knew this person like those things would have never happened and that was just like such a cool concept to me and like even now like I know so many people like the people I know are like through from five other things happening beforehand you know it's kind of like crazy if you actually like try and track each thing I just think it's like a cool concept yeah but that's why you're so good at what you do because you're open to the opportunities that you don't even know are there like what you said of you met one person and six months later an opportunity came and like everyone because of social media everyone wants everything now instant gratification and like you'll get something out of it now sure a follower a new business contact but like the opportunity that like you dreamed of or didn't even know was possible comes six yeah eight, ten months on like down the line and it you know that's more meaningful and if you continue to foster that relationship throughout those time periods where there isn't anything going on more work will come later and I think people don't really talk about that or realize that mm-hmm. why you're able to do the things that you do and I think why the dinner parties work so well is because it's like you just invite people that you know are gonna get along because you yeah. know, I have a friend that they're friends with so it's like all right like I think like I'm gonna bring this people together with this person like this restaurant and like you make magic happen and then you provide more opportunities to come that way so I think it's really cool What's your, you said like you prefer the dinner parties, but what type of events, what type of yeah. events do you work with primarily? So I have like the two different um, agencies. So the one agency that's on the talent side is honestly like shifting a little bit the past like six months, which I mean, I guess is to be expected because even when I started it, like TikTok influencers wasn't really a thing. So like everything's changing so quickly, but that's mainly within like um, the reality TV and the medical space. So like nurses, doctors, and people coming off of like reality TV shows. And then the other agency, like where I do the events, is pretty much all hospitality. So like restaurants, bars, liquor brands, um, hotels, things like that. That's such a wild like niche, like of like three different things. I feel like the I know. reality TV and the hospitality kind of can go together, but then like the medical is like very random. So how did you find, like, I mean, I'm sure it's through people you knew, but how did you know to niche into these industries? Did you try a little of everything and this is what you like the most, or this is just like where you got the most work? How did you, how did you find, like for someone who wants to start something like this, how do you know yeah. where to lean into for your niche or like your breadwinner or what you enjoy the most yeah so I mean I think it's kind of interesting I was talking to somebody who's like an entrepreneur as well the other day and we were talking about like how you know like what to do and what works and what niches work and I was like I never had a mentor I haven't had one mentor like my entire like career which most people have which I think is a great blessing but I think like a lot of people get discouraged of like starting something because they don't have one so I think like there's always trial and error like trial and error has been my mentor like I failed like and that's so the best times. time yeah yeah um so I think like the restaurant side like I've always worked with like that's my passion is like the hospitality industry so that's just something I love and I'll always want to be in like no matter what um and then more on like the reality TV started because I like trashy reality TV <laughs> so I was like watching it all the time um well when I first started the talent agency I was kind of like all over the board like repping any influencer that was interested it was COVID I had like no income coming in I had like yeah you have to get licensed in Florida to have the agency so it was like a whole process um so once I finally got the license I was like you know what any influencer who has expressed interest like I'll just take them on right now and see what happens and learned that that was not a good approach and so I started being like okay like (laughs) what am I gonna do what's a good approach I was watching like The Bachelor or something at the time and I was like oh this seems fun and like so I started just cold dming people from the show 
I had like the first person that I DM'd answered me. It was like, I, I like already had management, but my best friends looking for management introed me to them. And then like from there, like I signed him, then he referred me to his friend. And then that friend referred me to five, like five different people. And then I was just like very like inundated in the reality TV world, which was great. Um, and then I still focus on that a lot, but now it's turned into something where I started like with one doctor I was working with, who was an influencer that was super random. And I was like, I don't know what I can get you. Like, that's a really like random industry. And then I started reaching out to like brands in the medical space. And then I like didn't have enough influencers to fulfill the brand. So I was like, Oh, guess I'm getting more influencers. And now it's like, I, that's only been really within like the last six months on the medical side, but it's been doing well so I'll ride that wave as long as yeah and that's (laughs) that's the beauty of trial and error and like I'm someone who has had a lot of mentors but I similarly to you I I had to reach out to them myself like I had to get them myself and put myself out there to get them I DM these people that I wanted to learn from and the more they got to know me they're like if you ever, ever ever have any questions, like, please reach out to me. That's how they became my mentors. It's not like a, hi, will you be my mentor? It's like, you built that relationship yeah. over time, they become it. And I had it in the lawyer space because I was a law student and a lawyer. But on the like agency side, I really didn't have that. And like, you know, starting a firm in this space, like that's a very new concept. So like, I don't really have that either. It's just me kind of doing it mm-hmm. in trial and error. So there's something to be said for both ways. But, and like, yeah, ride the wave with the medical thing. You never know. And like nowadays, like you could be an influencer for literally anything. So ride the wave. But I think it's important to know, like, you don't, you can do it without help. You just have to be creative and be willing to fail. And, you know, it's never a failure. It's you pivot, you try again and you, you learn what worked and what didn't, and you don't do what didn't work, but you lean into what did work and you just keep going. So I think it's really important that you shared that. Um, But I think it's also cool, like, how, like, the reality TV, like, that's, like, the part that I'm sure everyone wants to, like, know more about. Like, (laughs) it's, like, DMing them. And, like, nowadays, it's, like, everybody in Bachelor Nation has, like, management before they even, like, the show stops airing. And, like, they go on for fame and not for love anymore. But Mm -hmm. it's it's cool that like you were in it before it became that. So you get to reap the benefits of that. And like you get to help be a part of that marketing pool and like helping them get the work and get the partnerships and get their name out there. Is that something that you would ever do? Like, would you ever go on a reality show or you're like, I'm good being behind the scenes? No, <laughs> no. I'm like, I'm totally fine behind the scenes. It's so funny. Cause like everybody's always like, and I know all of like the casting directors and everybody at this point from being in the industry. And they're like, they've asked me for like different shows, like, please, like, come on, like you're the perfect person for it. And everyone, like all my friends are like, you need to do it. Like, it'd be so good for business. Get your name out there. I'm like, like, I just can't. I'm like, I need to be behind the scenes. That's not my cup of tea. And I'm just like, that's somebody else's world, not mine. I'll be on the other side of it. No, I, I 100% agree. I've gotten like some DMs and stuff or like emails and I'm just like, I thank you. I'm flattered, but like, I'm like, but I'm happy to help them out in any way that you may need my services or if I can connect you to anybody, but I'm good. So I can relate to that. And like, yeah, you know, too much. Like, you know, what happens behind the scenes. So it's even Mm -hmm. like, I'm good. (laughs) When you rep someone, when you are a manager or a talent agent for someone, what do you do for them? Is it like publicist? Like what's your like niche? Like, are you more publicist? Are you more manager? Are you both? Like, what do you offer? Yeah. Yeah, So I'm more on like brand sponsor side. So really like helping facilitate, like bringing on paid sponsorships for their social channels. Um, I'll obviously like give them my feedback and advice, like on if they're like looking for help on like how to grow their page or best engage their audience or any of those things but that's more on like of course I'm gonna help because it only like benefits both of us versus like a traditional publicist role but it's mainly just focusing on like acquiring them paid sponsorships like monetize their channels yeah 
No, that makes sense. How do you know, because you started out so young and you didn't really know what you were doing. How did you know how to price yourself? I feel like that's like the question. Like everyone always talks about, you know, management taking 20% agents. It's a different down, you know, how much is too much? Do I have to pay someone to be, um, to manage me? Like everybody, there's just so much out there and so much information. How do you figure out like how to price your services? Yeah, so I think that's like one of the toughest things. Like when you have your own business, it's like, and I'm sure I priced myself way too low. Like when I started out, because I was like nerd. Like that was like something yeah. that like gave me the most anxiety when somebody would be like, "Okay, like what's the cost or any of these things?" But yeah. on the agency side, I mean, thankfully there is a lot of like knowledge out there, like public information of like industry standard, quote unquote. And there are some legalities around like percentage wise how much maximum you can take so you can't really like outprice yourself but on the other hand you don't want to under underprice so I'd say like 20% is pretty industry standard um, that like myself and most agencies use but then obviously when you go into like little technicalities of like okay well if a deal is acquired this way instead of this way are you taking 10% are you taking 50% are you still taking the 20% and to be honest like I have changed that even um, like versus three years ago and now um like that percentage and that's based off of like feedback of people I work with um like yeah. directly like clients like I want like I'm the type of person like if somebody like comes to me and says oh I don't think this is fair or, I think you're pricing yourself too high or too low then I'm like all right like let's have a conversation about it um yeah but I think yeah I've had clients even be like wow like that's all you charge for that I'm like I because I give so much knowledge and I give so much value yeah because I love it and I want to help you and I'm like oh like you're right I I could be charging more so then I'm like I have my like standard fee but like for people that I know can pay more or would pay more I'll ask a little more for people that can't afford that I might be willing to do a little less because I know that they will come back and so I'll get more volume and like you know And it's kind of like on the representation side, like same kind of thing with brand partnerships. Like, you know what the brand's budget is, you know how much revenue they have, like if they're a public company, you can see that. So you kind of know, like we could ask more here and negotiate, like we can start really high because we know we might be able to get something more than what our standard rates are versus like this company, like probably doesn't make that much, but like it's really in your niche. Like let's take a lower rate, but put out really good quality content and then maybe we can get more out of it by doing longer term deals and like you kind of have to like play it by ear a lot yeah yeah it's interesting because like I was talking to somebody literally today about this where it's like sure you don't want to like work for free but also like I I know some people are very standardized they're like this is my rate or this is my client's rate if it's not that we're not doing it and I'm like obviously again don't want to work for free but there's been a lot of different situations where I'm like, hey, like, this is a small mom and pop owned brand, like, obviously, they can't afford those rates. If you really like the product, if you think it'd resonate well, like I'd suggest doing it. And I have like, one of my best clients, like, ever started off from a $500 deal, which was way lower than any deal that I would normally touch. But I was like, you know what, like, I don't know where this can lead. Like, I have the time. I like what they stand for. And now they're one of my best clients. So it's like, yeah. you really never know some too. So it's kind of one of those things that you just have to like assess case by case. Yeah. And it kind of goes to like with networking too, but like people hire people, people want to work with people and what you said, what they stand for. And over time you grow and you evolve and you evolve together. So you guys can make more together and the partnership is more valuable longer term than the $500 you started with. And that takes kind of on you as the manager or the representation or the connector or whatever. Like if you're the facilitator, I guess is the best way to say it. You know, the gut check of like, do I feel that I, I can get something out of it, but more importantly, can I get something out of it for you? Like what's the value add if Mm -hmm. this long-term not just short-term and like it does it feel right does it you do you align with them does it align with your mission and your goals and that also plays a role in like pricing and all of that but it's I feel like nobody there's a lot of information out there but no one really talks about that aspect of it like the emotional aspect of it because when you are your own boss and you are running your own business like 
it's a lot of decisions that you have to make that it's like, I don't know if this is the right fit for my business, but like, I need money or like, I need exposure or I need this. And it's like, it's a gut check, honestly, at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people who like, don't talk about money. Like that's like one of the topics, like, you know, people don't talk about and even like with like, if you're with friends or with colleagues or people in the industry, like everyone's so hush hush on like what they charge or how much they're making or what their salary is, which I think like to a degree is like a little bit unfortunate because I think if people were a little bit more candid about it, then there would, there's a lot to benefit from, um, you know, just being able to like actually share openly about that, especially with a group of people that you trust, you trust their opinion. But I just think it's like one of those things that like, you kind of are like, especially as an entrepreneur, like on your own to like figure out like, how to price yourself or like, is this worth doing? Or at what point, like, is the money not worth it? You know? Yeah, it's funny. I was talking about this today. I do the first week of the first Friday of every month, one of my friends and I, she is more on the, the social media marketing and management side, influencer management and okay. thing. But so we just like have a call once a month and it's like a catch up, like CEO chat, like admin, like what's, what are the ups? What are the downs? Like, Hey, I'm brainstorming a new offering. Like, you know, what do you yeah buy this like is this something that like you think people would be interested in like how I'm thinking of pricing it this way what do you think would you pay more it's like a focus group just the two of us and yeah. I and we've been doing that now for like four months and I they cannot tell you how invaluable that is and it's hard it's scary because you are sharing I love it your business so it has to be someone you trust implicitly but I think when you have one or two people that you do that with it can really benefit you because yeah, like we are going at it alone. So if we could make it a little less lonely and share, like she's a few years, like she's three years out, I'm one and a half years out. So it's like, even though we're doing different things, we're both entrepreneurs and we understand what it's like to, you know, run a business and the awkward thing of like paying yourself versus paying your clients versus saving enough money for taxes. And you know, keeping money in the business accounts for all the softwares you got to use and like all the contractors and like, it's weird. It's awkward. It's like, man, I made so much money, but in reality, like you didn't because you have all yeah. the people that need to get paid before you can see a dollar and like 401k, social security, like healthcare, we talk about those things and it's just been so helpful. And, you know, I think more people like should, it's scary. It is absolutely. But like finding the right people to have those conversations with is so invaluable. And that's why I like having this podcast to have these conversations of like the things that people don't talk about when they think of going into business. Yeah. So how do you navigate that stuff? Like who do you, cause you said you didn't have a mentor and you figured it out on your own. How did you figure out those things? Like you started off really young and you support yourself fully doing all of this. Like how mm-hmm. did you know how much to pay yourself, when to pay yourself? insurance savings like all of that fun stuff yeah honestly a lot of self-research like youtube google like all of those things i mean i was very like one thing i took very seriously was like having like a good cpa finding like a good lawyer when i like started my like um talent agency having a good bookkeeper, like like these certain things, like I knew, like, even if they were just buzzwords at the time that I was like, okay, like, I need to have those things. Because like, these are the experts in those fields that are like, those are the things not to mess up. I can mess up a lot of things. But like, those things are the things not to mess up. That's huge that you knew that. And you, you might not have had the money for it, but you were willing to take on the investment before it was before, you know, like they say, like, hire before you need it, or like, it's, like hire before you're yeah. ready. It's like hire those people before you're ready because they will allow you to make more long-term and properly. Like, you know, like, so yeah. I, I think it's huge that you knew that. And that's like, most people don't know that, especially so young. Yeah. And I mean, even now, like every, every time I sit down with my CPA, I'm like, like I wish I knew that last year like that would have saved me money probably or like oh I didn't think about that before I got that car like so there's still things all the time that I'm like I'll like kick myself for and then I remind myself I'm like don't be so hard on yourself like you didn't know this information like a year ago like you know but I think it's like you net like I am of the person who believes like 
I don't care like how old you are, how long you've been in business, any of these things. I feel like there's always something that like you're kicking yourself for. You're like, how did I not know this? Or like, how did I not realize that? So it's just, it's like constant, but yeah, you're always learning. You're always learning. You're always growing. You're always evolving. I always say, I want to be the dumbest person in the room. Like, I don't want to be the smartest. I, what can I gain? What can I learn? I want to be able to walk out of that dinner and be like, Oh, I'm going to do more research. Thank you so much. And then that's how you start a network, a connection right there. And you buy yeah. into work because let's say the dinner was on Tuesday on end of week, Friday, you're going to be like, Hey, I did some more research, like into what we talked about at the, uh, the dinner at whatever restaurant on Tuesday night. Thank you so much for encouraging me to look into that. You know, I have a couple questions. Would you want to get coffee or dinner sometime in the next few weeks? Like, let me know. You start building that relationship from the get-go. And if you remind them something from how you met, they're more willing to like, because they're like, oh, face to the name. I know them through Taylor. Cool. Like I trust that. Yeah. So that's, I agree. I think there's always something more to know and you're never done learning no matter how old or young you are. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's huge. What do you think in that kind of like vein, like what's the best lesson you have learned? in entrepreneurship, both as a professional and then also like a personal lesson? Yeah, I think probably on the professional side is like doing the like boring work is like the most important. Like, I feel like it's one of those things, you know, like people like love the idea of like, oh, I'm going to set my goals for the year and I'm going to meet with all these people and I'm going to do all these things. Like the things that I feel like you hear about on social media are like, you take the meetings, you like grind away, you do all this stuff. And it's like, so glamorized, like the entrepreneur life. Um, And then you forget about like, oh, well, I should set up meetings with my CPA for six months before I need to do my taxes. Or like, oh, I should probably like, compare rates on these two different softwares and see which one's the best or what they offer me like all the stuff that's so boring and is like so tedious and is like never glamorized never talked about I think like that's like the found like those are the foundations like it's not like oh let me pull out my planner and like see what 2024 has like in store for me which I think is also super important but like having like the actual like logistical side that can become like your biggest headache, which I've learned like from experience. (laughs) Like those are the things that like actually bring you like peace and give you the foundation to like grind away on like expanding or on strategy or on hiring and all of those different things. So I think like that's been like a big lesson for me is like do all the stuff you don't want to do that like no one talks about, no one glamorizes, like do those things first um or else you're gonna have a bigger headache (laughs) and you're gonna be like cramming before like tax season and like all of these different things um so I think like that's one thing that I think like on the personal side like I think it's just like really like determining and deciding like who you take opinions from and like how like how to like how much weight to give those like opinions and insights to because at the end of the day it is your business, it's your baby. And I think it's like one of those things where if you completely isolate yourself and you don't talk to anybody about it, like that's not good. But also like maybe some friends that are amazing friends are like not the friends to take business advice from either. You know, so I think like on the personal side, like you do have to really separate like personal and like professional even though like you might want to like vent to your friends because like you just spent like the whole day by yourself, like working on stuff. Um, you know, it's like, you have to kind of like decipher where that like line is. Oh, both. I could not have said it better myself. Both of those are so good. What do you think you've learned the most like about yourself in the last six years since you started? Yeah, I think like, the biggest thing is just being like super adaptable, especially since COVID's like hit in the last six years, you know, like I felt like the first couple of years I went into business, like it was like so rocky and so much of like just grinding and like clawing and scratching for every single thing I did. And then as soon as I finally was like, okay, I think I might have this like figured out a little bit COVID came in and was like no No. (laughs) so like I feel like it's like one of those things as soon as you start to feel like a little bit of like 
okay, I'm like kind of comfortable. It's like, no, you're not. Like, and so I think like, I, ha- I'm like such, I'm like my worst critic. I'm like so hard on myself. I'm always like, I could be doing more. I could be doing better. What else can I be doing? And like, I'll, I would kind of get stuck in my head of like, okay, this is what I'm going to do January. This is going to be February. This is going to do March. And I think like, I've learned for myself and like my mental health and well-being too, is to just like, you have to go, go with it, go with the flow, roll with the punches, like be adaptable. Because if not, like, it's just setting yourself up for stress. (laughs) Yeah, a hundred percent. Speaking of that mental health and taking care of yourself, what are some things that are Mm -hmm. essential for you? Like when you've had like a lot of events one week and you're planning like all these big projects for multiple clients and you're just like running around like crazy. How do you take some time for yourself? Like what are your favorite tools, resources, like things you do to help you recenter and be like, okay, I can manage this again. Yeah. I think like really in the last year, that's been like a huge thing for me. Like even in the last few months, it's become more of a thing for me than than, like anything else is like, nothing is worth like ruining your health or your mental health for like, because you can build all these things and like, it doesn't mean anything if you're miserable and you're unhealthy. So I think like for me, honestly, getting into therapy was like a huge changer for me. Like just having like an unbiased source I can just vent to about like all of my work stuff, all of my personal stuff. So I'm a huge advocate of that. I'm a huge advocate of like gratitude meditation because I feel like it puts everything like so into perspective of like, okay, like the little things of like this happened with the event or this happened with the client. Like when you actually really start to think about things that are important in life, it's like those don't mean anything anymore. So I think like that's been huge spending time alone that's not in a work manner I think also has been like a huge thing of like I'm by myself all the time when I'm on my computer working but then as soon as I would close my computer I'd be like oh I should meet a friend for dinner or I should do this like and now I'm like no like I'll have dinner by myself or I'll go for a walk and it's just like so refreshing to like be in my own thoughts that aren't work focused and it's just like quiet time I think has been like huge and then I think like working out and stuff also is like people always say that and it's cliche but like I think it's so such a big thing like just being able to like get in some like activity or movement it's like great absolutely it's what you just said of like you know being alone with your thoughts and truly allowing them to come in and I think working out allows you to do that it gives you time to have a meeting with yourself and like treating it like a meeting with yourself I like to do yoga as my workout I'm going to start doing Pilates this year it's been on my list of things to do for months and I finally like booked the classes and I was like we're doing this (laughs) okay good um but like that that hour you know it's like it's on my calendar I can't like not go it's a meeting with myself journaling gratitude for me is a huge thing And just like, yeah, listening to my body and my gut and giving, like, I always think like, I always say your anxiety is your body's way of telling you something. Like if something doesn't feel right, there's a reason why it doesn't feel right. And it's scary to look at and like really dig into it, but there's a, there's something there and like giving yourself that time to like put on an audiobook or a podcast or just music or silence, put on headphones in silence and go for a walk and just think and feel and cry it out if you need to and really just like allow it to happen I always feel refreshed afterwards you know like I got it out of my system okay now I have an action plan I can like do these three things that are gonna help me get there and I don't have to do it right now I can do it tomorrow but at least now I have that plan so that's been like huge for me too and just like for me it's yoga but for whatever type of workout it is for you and like yeah, just like taking time by yourself. Like that's something that I really struggled with. Like I was never alone. I don't, I'm not lonely when I'm by myself, but like it's like, you, I always felt like I had to like read a book or watch TV or like listen to a podcast. And like, those are great. But like sometimes just being alone with your thoughts too. And like not having that noise and being like, okay, like how am I really doing? How am I really feeling? What's working? What's not? Taking inventory for yourself is really, really important. And I couldn't agree more about the friends thing, like knowing which friends are for what too, that you said earlier, like that has been 
massive. I've had a lot of friendship breakups in the last year, year and a half. And it's yeah. hard and it sucks. It's sad. And like, it's, it, it it's unfair sometimes, but like, right when you remove the wrong people from your life, the right people start coming into it and you're, you have room for them. You're open to them because you've made space for them. And same thing for opportunities, I think like work stuff or just yeah. like a trip or, you know, whatever, like right when you cut out the, the negative and like the, but the drainers, the energy drainers, the energy givers start coming into your life. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I like said, I was like, you know, I'm the type of person who like, I obviously don't mind being like by myself. I like work from home most of the time. I'm by myself. But then I was always the person that would always like feel like, okay, well, since I've been home all day, like I should go do something with somebody. And I'd like, or I'd like want to try something new. And I'd be like, oh, let me like text like one of my friends and see who wants to go. And I like a few months ago, I was like, okay, I'm going to try something new by myself every month. Like that was my thing. So I was like, I did pottery last month and I like went by myself and I was like, you know, this is actually like really pleasant. Like, oh, I and it was like that. one of like the most relaxing experiences, which I'm sure would have been fun with a friend too, but I don't think I would have been relaxing. I think it would have just been fun. Yeah, you would have you know, been gossiping which I think and like, it's a different experience versus by yourself. Like you really, and like you pottery, yeah. I, I haven't done it. It's something I've, I've always wanted to try too for what you just said, like that, like relaxing, but yeah. like you have to focus. So if you're like silently, like, yeah, on it and you're like, you have the opportunity to really like be in touch with like the earth literally, but also just like yourself. Like, so I love that. And I think the yeah. trying one thing a month, like by yourself or one new thing by yourself a month is I like, kind of love that. I kind of want to do that. I'm going to steal that one. Yeah. Yeah. Steal it. I like, was like, I'm going to start doing it. And like, I've been loving it. It's like, and also it's like something to look forward to by yourself, which I feel like is so rare. Like most of the time there's always things to look forward to. Like, okay, you're going on vacation, you're going out to dinner with friends or like something, but it's never like an activity like that. You don't rely on any other like external factors. It's like, no, this is just like my thing by myself. Like no one can impede on it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, No, I love that so much. For anybody who wants to get into this industry or just using social media in general to run a business, now that you've Mm -hmm. been in this landscape in multiple ways in for six years and you've really seen it develop, what do you what is your best piece of advice for anyone who wants to get into this space? Yeah, I think right now it's like, there's no excuse not to, you know, like a few years ago, I would have said like, you need to have some money or you need to have a ton of time or whatever it may be. Like if it was a business, I would say, oh, you need to have money. Like you need to like, you know, have somebody take your content for Instagram. So it looks aesthetically pleasing. And then you need to like run ads behind it or hire a marketing firm. And for an influencer, I would have said like, oh, you know, like, you need to do something really crazy or like go on a reality show or, you know, you need to like invest in like super like good photographer to take a bunch of pictures and post four times a day on Instagram. And you need to have an assistant to follow people and interact like all these different things. But now it's not like that. It's like start a TikTok account, post three times a day, something will stick. You'll get a thousand followers here. Okay. Post three times a day another two months, you'll get 5,000 followers here. Okay. Post three times a day. You'll get it. And like, that's pretty much a science. Like if you're posting constantly, you're going to get followers. They're going to convert to Instagram. Like whether you're a business brand influencer, there's like, if it's something somebody is very like genuine about doing, there's like no reason not to. And there's no way it doesn't like convert to something. So I think like just doing it and committing to like, Put yourself out there, not really care what other people have to say and posting just like multiple times and using TikTok as like a catalyst for any other platform. Like there's no way to really lose. Yeah, I, I agree. It's hard, like, because I feel like the accounts that start now have that luxury of like, it, it's just so much easier to grow because the algorithm is going to favor you. Like for people mm-hmm. who have the accounts for a while, it's a little harder to like get that reach, but there's a, there's a science there and you just, yeah, like there's no barrier to entry. There's nothing like holding you back. You just, like you said, you have to commit and you can't be scared and like, you can't care what people think. Just do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And even like one of the influencers I rep, she's like, 
she had her Instagram account for probably 10 years and was like a model influencer, had 15, 20,000 followers. And then she started like probably two years ago on TikTok with zero followers. And now she has over half a million followers. And like she was doing the influencer thing, like model posting once a week for a while. But then once she committed to doing three, five posts a day, now it's she has a whole career off of it. So I think it's like, if you're going to do something, you got to like super commit. Yeah, absolutely. And even though we talk a lot about how this year is like focusing more on yourself and being a little bit more intentional, I think you are still in events and Miami is an event city. So what are you most looking forward to events wise in Miami? whether it's something that you're putting on or like an event that Miami does every year? Yeah. So I think this year um, I'm actually going to like host a little like company anniversary for being a business for six year party. I'm like planning now every year. I keep saying I like hosted when I launched the company, I hosted an event and I haven't done one for myself since I like told myself five year company anniversary, I'm gonna do it. And then I didn't do it. And that felt like like, the right year to do it. And I'm like, you know what, whatever, six years, like this is the year to do it. So I like, I'm personally like, selfishly looking forward to that. And then I think it's still a huge accomplishment. Like, you know, six years is a long time, considering how many versions of it it has been because of COVID and like just life and you like you've come around yeah. in six years like that's something to celebrate so don't be selfish about it and I'm excited like whenever that comes yeah 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 so I'll definitely be sending that info your way but I am excited about that um I'm excited swim week is always like a fun one for me so I'll be like I'm actually like the last couple of days I've been like setting up my calendar for the year of planning yeah. out so I'm like um swim week and then Art Basel, I'm excited for. Of course, like I always love my Art Basel events. And I think this year, my thing is going to be doing a little like supper club series. So like very yes. like intentional dinner parties. And I, I like, like I'm putting that together now, which I'm excited about. I feel like supper club like really become a thing. Like I know like people who are who are in them in like Chicago, New York, and I, I'm excited. Yeah, like, I want to do. I want to be part of one. Like I want to do one of those, but. No, that'll be fine. That's exciting. Yeah, Basel and Swim Week. I like the Miami Open, the Miami Grand Prix. Their swim, yeah. like, there's always something. So it's always fun. Um, there's always there's always stuff going on. We're in like the most like booming city currently. So it's the right time to be here for sure. Um, but no, that's yeah, really exciting. I'm excited to see what's next for you with sheer media, sheer talent, and being a part of it. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Taylor. Where can everybody find you? I'll link it all below. Yeah, so um, I think Instagram is probably the best place. I have like my personal Instagram um, and then the two company pages. So you can link those. Um, But yeah, I loved being on it and talking about everything. So thank you for having me. I hope everyone is having a good week and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.